I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. As I record this episode, I have recently returned from a conference that I attend every year. Not one where I'm one of the speakers. Instead, this is one where I am a learner, sitting in the listener's seat. The conference is called Influence. It's hosted by the National Speakers Association, and it's the biggest professional development event for professional speakers in the world. This year, it was hosted at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, before I tell you what I learned or how I approached this conference, let me give you the bigger picture of my professional development plan and how this particular event plays into that. And the reason that I want to do that is in this episode, I want to peel back the curtain into my own professional development as a springboard for you to think about what goes into your professional development and what you're creating in your life and in your professional expansion and development as you become the best you you can be, both in your job and outside of your job. Now, I firmly believe that everyone in any career should have their own professional development plan. This goes beyond what your manager or your company thinks that you should be doing to improve in your role. And I know many people have a professional development plan that is part of their annual goals in their company or their annual review process. But I want you to have one for yourself that is separate from that. You see, your employer and your manager they only see part of the picture, your current performance in your current role. You could have all kinds of dreams and plans for your career that they know nothing about. And that's okay. In fact, I encourage it. You should always be working a bigger plan than your current role. And you should know how your current role fits into that larger plan. For example, let's say you are a manager of a small technical team at a large company and you've always dreamed of climbing the corporate ladder and becoming at least a vice president, maybe even a chief technology officer. Your current manager might not see your potential in doing that. Heck, they might even feel threatened if they knew that that's what you wanted. Of course, not every manager would feel threatened by that. Some might absolutely see your potential and be your biggest supporter in making it happen. But again, let's say that's your big plan. Here are the strategic questions to ask yourself as you think about your career advancement. How long do you stay in your current role in order to fully learn what there is to learn at this level and yet not stall out? Can you move to the next level of leadership or management in your current company, or will you need to leave in order to get the next promotion? 
Unfortunately, this is the case in many careers, especially if senior leaders don't see your potential. What and when should you learn from others who've come before you in the form of mentors and sponsors? And what should you learn on your own? What do you need to learn on the job? And by that, I mean get experience doing in order to advance. And what do you need to learn from experts in order to advance? And by that, I mean your formal professional development, going to conferences, taking training classes, reading books, and the like. And what is a realistic timeline for all of this to be happening? And what will you be doing to keep yourself motivated and energized when it doesn't happen on your timeline or when other parts of your life get in the way and hijack your timeline? Answers to all of these questions go into your grand master plan for your professional development. And while you don't have to have exact answers to all of these questions at any given time, you should have a working idea of the answer or your next step or resource for most of those questions. And then of course, always be taking action to grow as a professional, as a leader, and of course, also as a human being. So that's the big picture. Now let's look specifically at my professional development plan because I did promise to give you a sneak peek into it. And I also want to share how the conference that I just attended plays into my professional development plan. I do a mix of things. Some are strategic and some are tactical. So here goes. Number one, I am always reading something. Okay, technically, I'm always reading about five or six books at a time. It drives my husband a little nuts to see the big stack of books on my nightstand. He can only read one thing at a time. But I like to be reading a book for my professional development, as well as a book on entrepreneurship, a book on nutrition, a book that will stretch my mind, usually some nonfiction, and a fast-paced, suspenseful novel. Related to my professional development, I'm currently reading a book that will help me become even more influential with my audiences when I'm on big stages for keynotes. And I'm reading a book that will help me understand a new market that I want to sell to. Books are a low cost part of my professional development plan. For $15 or $20, I can learn a lot, especially if I work on applying what I'm learning from the books that I'm reading as I go. I treat business books more like a class that I'm taking rather than a mere book. Sometimes I'll even read over lunch and imagine myself having lunch with the author who is my teacher and learning from them in a more casual manner. I try to always implement the material from one chapter before going on to the next chapter. And if I can't implement it immediately because I'm just not quite there in my business, I make some very detailed notes about how I'm going to implement that technique or tool when I'm at the right time. So number one for me is books. Number two is learning from someone in particular. Now, sometimes this is a formal relationship, like a mentor relationship, or it could be more of a one-off casual learning experience, like going to lunch with an entrepreneur or a professional speaker whose work I admire, and then actively learning from them during that encounter. But not in a smarmy, let me pick your brain kind of way. Instead, it's more like having a specific intention or maybe one specific question in mind that I'd like to ask them over the course of our time together. Now, other times I want to learn from someone in particular, and it's not someone I know. 
So sometimes this person is a public figure or an author whose work I'm reading, and I will study their work, their social media, their videos, anything I can find on them. And you could do the same thing if there's a senior leader in your organization who inspires and motivates you. Study how they carry themselves, how they communicate and interact with others. Now, don't plan to copy their style. That never works. Instead, study how they lead, what works, what doesn't work, what excels their career, what holds them back and makes them fall short, and how they are authentic and how they show up as themselves. And then think about how you can do the same. What's your version of that? What's your unique spin on it so that it is authentic to you rather than a copycat version of another leader? This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Number three, taking a class or doing some targeted training on a new skill or a skill I want to improve and grow on is my third part of my professional development plan. I strategically take somewhere between one and three classes per year. During COVID, these classes have largely been online, but before COVID struck, I took an in-person improvisational comedy class at a theater here in Minneapolis. I've taken an online comedy class taught by Steve Martin. I've taken a class about how to put the curriculum that I teach in person into online classes taught by Amy Porterfield. And I'm currently working on a class that's teaching me how to do better and more fun videos on Instagram and TikTok. So the third piece of my professional development plan is taking a specific class to learn a new skill or improve on a skill that I already have. Part four of my professional development plan is utilizing a coach. There are all kinds of coaches, and I think I've used just about all of them. There are business coaches. There are entrepreneurship coaches. There are speaking coaches. There are life coaches. There are fitness coaches. And seriously, I have used them all. And I typically have at least one, sometimes more, on retainer at any given time so that I can access them when I need them. As an executive coach myself, and I'm also trained as a life coach, I absolutely know the value that coaching brings. I play a bigger game in whatever aspect of my life I'm getting coached in. And usually that spills over into other areas of my life beyond where I'm getting coached. For example, if I'm getting some coaching around building my business, I often find ways to apply that same thing, whether it's efficiency or delegation or whatever I might be learning about growing my business, I can apply that to the rest of my life. And you might find me delegating more things to my family members as a result of the business coaching I'm getting. And that helps 
because then I have even more time to work on my business and I'm getting my family more and more involved in both the day-to-day things around our house that I might overextend myself on. And sometimes I'm finding opportunities to delegate things in my business to them as well, which also has a positive impact on my children's lives as well as our entire family life. So part four of my development plan is utilizing a coach. Part five is going to conferences. Now, this is where the big investments come. I typically budget for and attend at least two conferences a year, sometimes three. Now, as I mentioned, I've just returned from the National Speakers Association summer conference called Influence. When I go to a conference, which is a significant investment of both time and money, I go with an intention and a plan. My intention may be to meet a specific person or learn a specific skill from a breakout session or a main stage presentation. This year, my plan was to carefully study the craft of speaking from my speaker colleagues as they took the stage on both the big main stage and on the smaller breakout sessions. Now, you might wonder why that was my plan. After all, I've been a professional speaker for 12 years. (laughs) I've got this thing figured out. I am literally a pro, a professional. I get paid to speak. But here's why my plan was to carefully study the craft of speaking. Two reasons. First, no matter what each of us does for a living or for a hobby, we can always get better. There is always room for improvement. And second, with deep subject matter expertise and a naturally engaging speaking style, I can do a pretty great job giving a speech without much rehearsal time. I watched carefully as my colleagues spoke to see how rehearsal makes a difference. Now, I don't know for sure who rehearsed a lot and who rehearsed a little, but I know they all rehearsed. As a professional speaker, Speaking in front of your colleagues and your competition is just about as intense as it gets. You can't wing it as a speaker at this conference. I came in with an intention to study the craft of speaking, and I learned a lot. Of course, the challenge of this kind of learning is to make sure you apply what you learned in a way that's authentic and personal. You can't just take somebody else's speaking style and have it be yours, just like you can't take somebody else's leadership or management style and have it be yours. So I was looking for the polish that comes with extra rehearsal and thinking about how my own delivery could be better with more rehearsal. Now, the other thing I do when I attend a conference is I have a plan for the return on my investment. Again, it costs an awful lot in both time and money to pay the conference fee, pay for the hotel room, the airfare, the meals, and so forth. I tally up how much I spent on the experience, and if I'm feeling particularly ambitious, I will also calculate the opportunity cost of not working for the days that I'm at the conference or en route to the conference and add that to my investment. You see, as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, If I'm not working on any given day, I'm not making money that day. So taking time away to go to a conference means money that's not being earned. Then I challenge myself to find a business idea that will help me earn that money back. 
And you don't even have to be an entrepreneur to do this. In fact, I would say it would be a hugely responsible maneuver if you did the same, but for your employer. Think about calculating the return on investment. Plan on implementing the ideas from the conference to innovate, to be more productive, to be a better team player or a better communicator or a better manager or a better leader. All of those would be great investments for your company. Find specific and measurable ways in which you can make that return on the investment. That's exactly what I do. Now, I've got several ideas cooking from the Influence Conference, and I'm looking not just to make a return on the investment, but in fact, 10x or make a tenfold return on my investment from going to this conference. When I do that, it makes me feel really good about budgeting professional development money to go to the next conference because I know there is going to be a return on my investment. Now, as a speaker, I do a lot of my professional development in the summer because there are fewer conferences, there are fewer training sessions, and quite frankly, just less structured work for me in the summer. So it's a great time to do my own professional development because many of you listeners are on vacation. And so your employers aren't sending you off to conferences and aren't bringing me in to do training sessions for your companies. What I often find is the case is that my schedule with you gets really busy in the fall. September, October, and the first half of November are incredibly busy times in terms of conferences and corporate training. So as fall nears and you start to think about your own professional development, which again often happens in the fall with more training sessions, more conferences, and the like, I encourage you to take a page from my book and put together a professional development plan that moves you towards your big picture and includes some of the same components that mine is comprised of. And again, this doesn't have to be something that you share with your manager or your employer. This is your game plan moving you forward toward your big dreams. And just as a quick recap, I'll share again the five components that my professional development plan is comprised of. Number one, books. I always have books that I'm reading, books that I'm looking to add to my library, and this is a super low cost and flexible learning option. Anyone can do it. Number two, people. These could be mentors or sponsors or public figures or even people who are just a step or two ahead of you that you can learn from. You can do that in a formal structured way, like a mentorship program with them, or you can do that in an informal way, like going to lunch or coffee with them and having a specific question in mind that you want to get the answer to. Number three, taking a class to learn a specific skill. Sometimes you can do this through your employer, and there are a plethora of online courses to learn from. So number three, taking a class to learn or get better at a specific skill. Number four, utilizing a coach. That could be a business coach, an executive coach, a leadership coach, a life coach, any type of coach, depending on what you need. And number five, attending conferences. Go with an intention and with a specific goal of making a return on your investment by implementing what you learned from that conference in the name of productivity or leadership or more effective communication or whatever it is that you are learning at that conference. I would love to hear from you. Drop me a line and let me know what your development plan looks like. I would love to be able to cheer you on and support you in your professional development. 
Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. I think learning about professional development plans together is a great strategy. In fact, you and your friend might together develop your professional development plans and share them with each other and hold each other accountable. And while you're at it, pop over to the platform where you listen to this episode and download podcasts and rate the podcast and write a short review. It would really mean the world to me. Until next time, be well and get cracking on your professional development plan. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.